done wrong? We all have. And yet Jesus fights for us. He went to the cross for us. Amazing. God is good. Thank you, choir. Thank you, orchestra. That was awesome. This weekend has been a great weekend. Our student ministry has been involved with Elevate, partnering with Lift Tour. We were at Battle Creek, the Church of Battle Creek this weekend, and hundreds and hundreds of students from all over the area were there. A lot of lives impacted. But let me say this to you, because many of you paid money for scholarships. Many of you been praying. Many of you drove. Many of you hosted students in your home. And seventh graders smell doesn't come out easy. Is that true? That's true. That's, that's a laughter of, I'm gonna have to get a carpet cleaner or something later. But I want you to know, your investment, your time, your energy was worth it. Our student ministry is stronger because of your input, your giving, your help. So I wanna say thank you to you. I also wanna encourage you, if you see our student team, John Sturrock, Dakota Hummingbird, Cody Thomas, David Bell, if you don't know who they are, I want you to get to know them. I want you to hug them. They, they may not, they might be a little fuzzy today because they're tired. But just say thank you to them because they did a great job this weekend. They did. I appreciate them so much for what they did. They did a good job. This morning, Jeff Wallace, who's head of the Lift Tour, who organizes all from Atlanta, Georgia, He's, he is with us today. I was talking with him earlier in this, throughout this whole weekend and just, just the excitement of, of this opportunity we have as a church to really bless our community, bless our students with this great event. As I was talking with him earlier, he, he, I love this. He said, I'm the father of three sons and one wife. I got one, you know, that's good. You don't want to reverse those numbers. Three boys, one wife, that, you know, that's good. And so he's been in church work for 21 years, was a youth pastor for 20 years, an executive pastor for one year before now being the director uh, with Lift Tour. Brent Crow, who's our friend and who's been here many times, called him up and he brought him on. Ed, he replaced Ed Newton as the director of the Lift Tour. So I know that in just a moment you'll be blessed by him. But I again, with what we just sang and what we just heard as we're about to hear from God's word. I'm just so grateful that we serve a God that loves us enough not to hold anything back. He gave his very son for you and me. Would you join me in prayer before Jeff comes to, to teach from God's word this morning? Let's pray. Father, today, we are so grateful for your sacrifice. We are not always mindful of it. We need your help. But God, as you have sacrificed for us and given us an opportunity to be in your very presence forever, we are grateful. 
God, as we have just worshiped you through song, God, I believe now that as Jeff comes, I pray that you will use him and speak through him and every word that comes out of his mouth, may it come straight from you. We need your power. We need your authority. We want to be transformed by your word. Help us to do that today. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Thank you, my brother. FBC Broken Arrow, it is an honor and a privilege to stand before you today. I've had the amazing privilege of hanging out with with Todd this weekend and also uh, just talking with him and just hearing all of the incredible things that God is doing here at this amazing church. And so thank you so much for having me here. As, as Todd shared with you, um, my name is Jeffrey Wallace and I am uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, and we are still in mourning uh, over what happened during Super Bowl Sunday. And so, um, so if I look a little sad, it's not because of anything that you've done. It is because of what my dirty birds did to us on Super Bowl Sunday. So pray for us, you guys, because our city is, has not been the same since. And so, um, but I'm just, I'm so excited to be here. As uh, Todd shared, I, I serve as the executive director of Student Leadership University, the Lift Tour and, and Youth Pastor, the Youth Pastor Summit. And I'm so honored to do that. And I previously was at my church in Atlanta, uh, Peace Baptist Church in Decatur, Georgia, under the um, great leadership of my, my pastor, mentor, and the guy who used to be my youth pastor. And so, uh, so it's, it was, it's been an incredible journey, and God has uh, done some incredible things uh, through our ministry there in Atlanta. And as I've been talking to people uh, about what goes on here at this amazing church and talking to Todd, I, I felt that it was appropriate to spend a little time and really just challenge and inspire and encourage uh, each and every last one of you to know that this is your time. This is your moment. God has placed this amazing ministry in this community for a time such as now. And so I want to look into the Word of God today in in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And and in Ecclesiastes, we're going to take a look at verses 1 through uh, 11. Verses 1 through 11. Verses 1 through 11 in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I believe that these verses, as we take a look at what uh, King Solomon wrote here in the text, I think that we'll see that there is uh, something that is very significant about what he wrote in this text and the tone of what he wrote in this text and what God is doing here at this incredible church. And so uh, let's take a look at Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 through 11. I will be reading out of the NIV Bible. The Bible reads there in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. 
And then he says in verse number nine, he says, what does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on man. He has made everything beautiful in his own time. Jesus, be with us in these next few moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes, the word Ecclesiastes actually comes from a Greek word which indicates a person who is actually assembling a group of people together. And then when you look at the Hebrew translation of that, the the word that comes out of that, that's extracted from the the Hebrew translation for Ecclesiastes is a preacher. And, 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 And we understand that most Jewish and Christian traditions believe that King Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and we also know that the content of Ecclesiastes holistically reflects, um, it, it reflects someone looking back on their life. It's, it's, it reflects someone who has a lot of experience, but, but they, they really had a, a short time of really having a lasting impact on what they learn. And so we believe that when you study the book of Ecclesiastes and really kind of peel back the layers, we believe that King Solomon when he wrote Ecclesiastes, he wrote this at the latter part of his life. He was a much more mature individual. He had gone through some things. He had seen some things. And so he's at a place in his life where he's, he's very reflective. He's very reflective. And so as he's writing Ecclesiastes, he's, he's writing this book in a, in a very reflective, mature manner. And in verse uh, chapters one and two, he actually deals with a lot of his personal experiences. And he actually talks about, you know, in, ver- in chapters one and two, he talks about how he did a lot of things for selfish ambition and selfish vain and, and vanity and selfish glory. But then when we get to chapters three and five, we see somewhat of a shift where, where, where now he is giving some common explanations uh, and observations from what he's learned. And in in this text that we look, Solomon proves that we are to make use of what God has given us. We need to recognize in our lives there are seasons, there are times when when things are going to be up and there's going to be times when things are going to be down. There's going to be times when things are going to be good. There's going to be times when things are going to be bad. There's going to be times when we see healthy healthy ministry at our church. But then there's going to be times where we're going to have to look back and we're going to say, hey, you know what? We need to kind of cancel this thing out. We may have to reevaluate this or there's going to be leadership changes and shifts that will happen. And so here in our text, we see that Solomon is very, very reflective and he's letting us know that there are seasons in life. There are things that we have to pay attention to when we look at our lives. I want to suggest to everybody in here that you are in the midst of some season. You're either in the beginning of a season you're in the middle, in the midst of a season, or you're coming out of a season, getting ready to go into another one. Can we say amen? I mean, that's just kind of the life. That's how we live. We live our lives in three very distinct phases. We're either about to start something. There is, there is something that's about to happen. We're in the middle of it, and so we're all consumed by it. Or then we're coming out of it, and we're like, shoo, but you, gotta, you can't rest long because you're about to get ready to go back through the cycle again. And so I believe that in this text here in, in uh, Ecclesiastes 3, there's three things that I just want to really encourage each and every last one of you here in this amazing church. And I, I want to title this message, It's About Time. 
It's about time. It's about time because I believe that it's about time for God to do something very significant um, here at this, um, this church. I think that it's about time for, for us to build off of the amazing foundation that's already been laid. So there's three things that I want to share with you if you're taking notes. The first thing that I want to talk about is that it's about time. It's time to build a movement and not a monument. It's time to build a movement and not a monument. And what I mean by that is we cannot get caught up in just building a monument, being enamored by, by this uh, amazing space, this great sanctuary, this great building. We have to make sure that we understand that it's our time to build a movement. It's our time to make sure that Tulsa, Oklahoma will never be the same. It's our time to continue to plant churches like the many churches that you guys have planted already. It's our time to build off of the the missional mindset that you already have and to really make sure that we're making a lasting impact in the kingdom of God. This type of building commitment is developing the relationship with God, others, and your church family. So when you're talking about building a movement and not a monument, you need to, work, you need to first make sure that upwardly you know God for yourself. Right, And then when you upwardly know God for yourself, in turn what happens is you inwardly begin to own your faith. And so I upwardly know God for myself. I inwardly begin to, to own my faith and then I outwardly make my faith known to others. And so when, we, when we're saying it's time to build a movement and not a monument, we understand that it is our time to walk in uh, what God has called us to walk in. In Romans 12 and uh, 4, Paul says that we are all parts of Christ's body, and it takes every one of us to make it complete, for, uh, for we each have different work to do. Let me tell you something. Everyone in this place, you have something to do. You're not just here to look amazing like you do. God has called you to do some, something, and, and all together, we make up the body of Christ. Not only, number one, is it time for us to build relationship, but number two, it's time for us to truly grow and mature spiritually. This type of growing is is a commitment where we really take our faith seriously. We don't just come in and absorb the amazing messages that we may hear Pastor Nick say week after week, but we, we have to make sure that we are growing in our faith and we're really taking our faith seriously. 1 Timothy 4 and 7 says, take the time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit and continue to grow. As Christians, no matter how long we've been Christians, we must always be willing to grow. We must always be committed to growing. We must always be in a Sunday school class, a, a small group class. We must always dive into the Word of God. At the moment you think you know it all is the moment that you'll stop growing spiritually. So we got to make sure that we're growing spiritually. Not only is it a time to build for our relationships, not only is it a time to grow and mature spiritually, but it's also a time to build an attitude of service. Now, can I tell you, this right here, you guys own this. Now, when it comes to an attitude of service, I have seen it up close and personal by the students that you sent to the Lyft tour. I've seen it from, by how you have, you've given to the cooperative program. I've seen it by how you sow into the lives of others through church planning. I think that you guys get that. You understand that it is our time to do that. But 1 Peter 4 and 10 says that God has given each of you special abilities and make sure you use them to help one another. We need to always be taking a snapshot of our lives and making sure that we're really asking the questions, God, am I maximizing the gifts that you placed inside of me? 
So we understand that not only is it time to, to build an attitude to serve, but it's also time to build godly leaders. This type of commitment is how you really actively share your faith with others. God is calling you to be a leader. God is calling you to, to, to stand up. And to be noted, no matter who you are, where you come from, or what side of the tracks you're on, God is calling you to be a leader. Sometimes the leadership is going to be verbal. Sometimes the leadership is going to be nonverbal. But God is calling you all to operate in a place where he's calling you to be godly leaders. See, sometimes, you know, if, if I have to put on a necklace or a banner or a t-shirt to say that I'm a leader, then you know what? I'm trying to convince myself more than I'm trying to convince you. But when I really begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct my path, then what happens is the leadership, that, the leadership within me comes out of me, and you already know it because of the fruit that you see in my life. So it's time for you to, to really kind of evaluate your life and say, hey, God is calling me to be a leader. So number one, it's not just time, if you're taking notes, to build a movement but not a monument. But two, it's time, it's time to dream. It's time to dream. What does the next few years here look like? What is the next, what is the next ministry hill that we want to climb? What's the, the next initiative? What's the next movement of God that will take place here? The Bible tells us in Proverbs 12 and 11 that those who work their land will have plenty of food, but those who chase his empty dreams, it's not wise. See, it's time as you dream, it's time for you to dream about your faith. It's time for you to take a look and envision what might my life look like if I'm a committed Christian. Maybe there are some in here who you've kind of, you've been on the fence. You really not, you haven't been a committed Christian. You haven't really, you know, gone all in. You know, you're, you're kind of, you know, in the middle. And I want to suggest to you that the Bible tells us in Matthew that, that we cannot serve one, two masters, and we can't be lukewarm. We can't be, you know, Christians on Sunday mornings, you know, and then we act like we don't know God on Monday through Saturday. We got to make sure that we are dreaming about our faith. What do we believe our faith will look like? I love Philippians 1 and 6. He says, God began doing a great work in you, and he will continue to do it until he's finished. You're not here by accident. The reason we know that is because of what Jeremiah told us in Jeremiah 1 and 4. He said, because before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God said, I knew you and I called you to be a prophet unto the nation. He goes on in Jeremiah 29 and 11. He says, but I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but plans to give you hope and a future. God knows your name. He knows your name. You're not an accident. You're not a treasure. You're not a mistake. Your life is not over. You are breathing because God has not finished the work that he has in you. And he's faithful and just to complete what he started. Just as we studied and we talked about this this weekend at the lift tour, when Jesus said it is finished, when he hung on the cross, those, that last word before he bowed his head and took his last breath, when he said it is finished, he said, it is at this point that I've, I've finished what I've started. And can I tell you, Jesus had to go through the process before he can utter the words, it is finished. And I want to tell you and suggest to everyone in here, you got to go through the process before you can quit. You got to go through the process before you give up, before you give out. You got to finish what God has started in your life. Can we say Amen. So not only is it time to dream about my faith, but it's also time to dream about my future. 
This type of dream is where I might say, where am I going to end up when I make godly choices? As I, as I, make, as I make an investment in my today, I know that the investment that I make in my today will determine my destiny tomorrow. So it's my time to dream about my future. It's our time as a church to dream about the future of the church. What does the church look like? What is the unified voice that will come out of every church across America? We want to make sure that we are the unified body of Christ, regardless of denomination, ethnicity, or social economics. We got to make sure that we're preaching Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. We got to make sure that we're coming together, but we have to begin to envision the future. Because when you envision the future, when you see the future, you know where you're trying to hit. You know the area and the, you know the trajectory of your life. You know what you're trying to go to and where you're trying to go. I remember when my, my middle son, I have, um, I have three boys, two are in uh, college and, uh, and one is in eighth grade. And, and so I remember my middle, my middle boy, he came home in the ninth grade and he said, Dad, I know what I want to do in life. And, uh, and I said, really, son? And, you know, and my son, he's, he's a year ahead, so he was a young ninth grader. And so he was really a, a middle schooler and high schooler. And he says, there's two things that I want to be in, in life. And I said, really? He said, I said, what? He says, I want to be a superhero and an engineer. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, a superhero and an engineer? I don't even know how that works. You know, maybe you're a super engineer. I don't know. But he went and there was a, there was a, a career day at his school. And, and Siemens Corporation was there and they talked about, you know, being engineers and all this stuff. And he said that the guy, you know, came in, it, it was, it was a, he thought that it was a Superman shirt, but it was actually a shirt that was like Superman, but it was for the Siemens. It was for the company. <laughs> and so, uh, so... Once we peel back, my wife and I are looking at each other, a superhero, an electrical engineer. And so, so we finally figured out, no, son, you know, that was just the brand. He was, you know, just trying to advertise the company. And he was like, oh, he says, I want to be an engineer. And so, um, so the guy was telling him how, you know, they do a lot of things overseas and abroad and in Germany and all this stuff. And so I told him, I said, son, listen, if you're going to be a bear, you got to be a grizzly. So if you're going to be an engineer, you got to go all in. And I was just talking about just being committed to, you know, doing that and whatever. So I come, maybe about two, two weeks later, he says, Dad, guess what I did? And I said, what? He said, I signed up for German. And I said, to do what? And he said, that's going to be my foreign language. I said, you're going to, I said, son, listen. I said, uh, and, and we're family, so I can say this. I said, listen, we're, we're black. And, um, and so... It might be easier for you to do something like French or Spanish, you know, because that sounds a lot like English, but German, and I said, listen, your mom and I, we cannot help you. You do German, you're on your own, right? But in his mind, he had an end game. He wanted to become an engineer. So what he did was he jumped on the engineer track there at the school, and he took German from ninth grade all the way to 12th grade. He actually was done in the 12th grade. He really didn't have that many classes, but he wanted, he, because he was all in, he took AP German his 12th grade year in high school. And I'm like, son, you know, and I'm the parent. I'm like, why are you doing that? I would chill. You know, I would have fun. 
My 12th grade year, boy, I, man, I was done. I was like, woo, I'm out of here at lunchtime, you know. <laughs> but because he saw his future, he was committed to the process. And he was all in. I wonder what it would look like if everyone in here was excited about their future. Not only is it time to dream about your faith, but it's also time to dream about your friends. Godly connections. You need to make sure that there are godly connections in your space. There are godly connections in your life. And then finally, it's not just time to build a movement or a monument. It's not just a time to build or time to dream, but it's also a time to give everything that you have. It's a time to give everything that you have. See, God has created you to give. He proved that because he said, hey, we belong, as Christians, we belong to Christ. And what did Christ do? He gave us all that he had when he died on the cross. And so he gave us an image of what it looks like to be all in. So we're created to give. We belong to Christ and our life has meaning. So how do I give as I get ready to close? First thing that I got to do is I got to give my life. I got to give my life. I got to make sure that I'm giving my life to Jesus. Everything that I have, everything that I'm not, I got to make sure that I'm, I'm giving that to him. In Romans 12 and 1, the Bible tells us, Paul says, you got to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So not only do I give my life holistically all the way, but I also have to give with the spirit of enthusiasm. I'm giving my life with the spirit of enthusiasm because I know that the fight is fixed and I've already won. And so I can joyfully and, and with the spirit of enthusiasm be all in. And then finally, I got to give with my heart. I got to give with my heart. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 23, it says the place where your treasure is, is the place where you'll most be wanted. And it's the place where you'll ultimately end up being. Church, I want you to know, it's your time. It's your moment. This is the plan that God has for you. It's time for you to live it out. It's time for you to own it. It's time for you to make your faith known to others. But the only way that that can happen is if there is a shift in your heart. When there is a shift in your heart, then your life will begin to line up in that way. Push forward. Keep going. And know that it's your time. Can I pray for you? Jesus, thank you for this incredible, incredible church, God, and all the great things that are happening here. Now, Father, I pray right now that you will just bless each and every individual that's here. God, I pray that you will let them understand that it's their time. And even though they're in a season that they may not like or may not fully understand, God, let them know that it's still their time. And God, and I just thank you for uh, just the incredible journey that they're on. But Father, I pray that they will continue to give their life to you holistically. God, I pray that they will just love you with every fiber of their being. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in their lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Right. Amen. Jeff, this morning, just as he shared, what time is it for you? For some of you, you've known Christ for a long, long time. Some of you longer than I've been alive. But for some of you, you would say, you know what? I, 
I know things about him, but I don't know him. Maybe today is your time to meet him. For some of you, it's your time to step across that threshold of baptism and to say, you know what? I'm not ashamed of who I follow. I want people to know. Maybe today is your time to let us know that you're ready for baptism. For some of you, you've been coming in and out of these doors for quite a while, and maybe even some people around you think you're a member here, but you've never crossed over that threshold of membership, where you've put your name and said, this is where I belong. This is my family. This is where I want to be held accountable, and likewise, I want to be a good family member to other people too. Maybe today's your day to connect here. For some of us, it's just our time to get encouragement, to seek counsel, to say, I'm tired, I'm weary, I need my brothers and my sisters to hold me up. Maybe that's your time. I say this a lot, but it's true. And I really, I really mean this. Whatever God is telling you to do, say yes. You'll never go wrong with it. Whatever God is instructing you to do, say yes to him. He is trustworthy. He has a heart full of love for you. As Jeff said, he has plans for you that go beyond our comprehension and imagination. If you would stand, we're going to sing a song. Let me pray for us, and we'll go into a time of invitation. And whatever God's instructing you to do, I pray that you will do that today. Let's pray. Father, today, I pray for my friends in this room. God, I thank you so much that as Jeff came and spoke your word to us today, that we understand that that, that desire, that drive, we don't want to be about monument building. We want to be a part of a movement. Buildings, they stand for a long time, but then they crumble. But God, what we do for you will last forever. That's what we want to be a part of. So God, in this moment and in this time, let us be obedient to whatever you instruct us to do. In your name we pray. Amen.